next case for argument is 22-133, Schwendorf v. Newman. We're ready when you are, sir. Thank you, Your Honor. Your Honor, before I get started, I have a small administrative matter that I just need to raise. So it was an inadvertent mistake, but when we submitted the appendices, there were apparently some pages in the middle of the appendices that were misnumbered. They were off by one. So as a result, there are several pages in there as filed that are misnumbered and about 20 pages that were cited that were not included in the joint appendix. So what the parties would like to do is, with your permission, file a corrected joint appendix pursuant to Rule 25.25i. Yeah, and you've consulted COCOP. Yes, yes, Your Honor. Okay, fine. Thank you. Thank you for bringing it to our attention. You're welcome, Your Honor. Thank you. Since we're doing a little housekeeping, well, I'll let you start first, and then I'll hand the housekeeping question. Oh, I'm happy to. Thank you, Your Honor. May it please the Court. Your Honors, there's no justification for using Kronzer as a lead reference. Before Jody, people were already making dark T-shirts by creating a white canvas on the shirt. Can I do my housekeeping? Could you back up a little bit? I'm going to let you start all over again. She has a housekeeping. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Do you agree that this appeal involves all the claims discussed in the two later appeals that are going to be argued? Yes. Yes, it does. This appeal will cover all of the claims. The next appeal will cover some of the claims, and then there's a separate for the last set of patents. Okay. If this case, say, for example, if this case had come last month and the other two cases were coming in succeeding months, and we affirmed in this case, we would be holding invalid all the patents that are, all the patents and claims that are issued in the other two cases. Yes. Yes, Your Honor. It would move those two appeals. Yes. Yes. Thank you very much. Yes, that's right. Just give me one second, Your Honor. We've had this thing going in different ways, so no. No, you're right. Yes. You're absolutely right. We're going to restart the clock again. I apologize. I just wanted to double check the numbers. Take a deep breath, and then we're going to start again with Kronzer and Elias. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I should have memorized it. I forgot that one of them was wrong. So, may it please the Court. Your Honor, there's no justification for using Kronzer as a lead reference. Before Jody, people were making dark T-shirts by creating a white canvas on the shirt and then putting an image on that white canvas. What Jody's patent did was improve the way the image, the canvas, and the shirt interact. Why would someone who was trying to improve the interactions with a canvas start with a patent like Kronzer, which does not even have a canvas? Okay. So, I got a few questions about this lead argument theory that you type a lead argument. 
The first is a waiver question. Because what we could find in the briefing was that what you did make, you did make the argument that a person skilled in the art would not have looked for the Kronzer at all. Is that not a different argument that said that the argument you're making now and the argument you made in your briefs, that they shouldn't have used Kronzer as the lead, not that they shouldn't have considered Kronzer at all? And if I'm wrong about that, show me where you made the argument that they shouldn't have used Kronzer as the lead. Your Honor, I believe we made the argument in the reply brief, but that argument, I don't believe has ever been waived because the point we've made to the Patent Office repeatedly, and I'll try to find the citations here. The point we always made to the Patent Office, and in fact it's why during the argument the Board even asked Nina's counsel the question, was we've always said from the beginning, why would you start with Kronzer when Oyez is the one that discloses a white layer? And so it makes sense to start with Oyez, but when they did, the Board repeatedly said that keeps the patents patentable. There is no justification for starting on a patent where the issue is how do you deal with that white layer that provides a background for the image. To start with a patent that doesn't even have a white layer, has no canvas, and then say let's borrow a single ingredient, not even the entire layer, but borrow a single ingredient from Oyez and put it in there. And the reason is, the only reason anybody would do it that way would be to use Jody's invention as a roadmap. Because otherwise what would naturally happen... You're saying you made this argument to the Board. Yes, Your Honor, we did. And in fact that's why they asked that question. In Judge Ankenbrand's discussion with you at A564 and 
Konzner maybe wouldn't want of ordinary skill be motivated to improve uh, Kronzner. And especially when Kronzner says, well, you can have pigments, and Kronzner isn't limited to printing on white or black or on any particular surface. So the rationale, as I believe from the board, unless I'm mistaken, was that Kronzner itself has got information here about the field and one of skill in the art would have been motivated to improve Kronzner. So let me let me unpack that in a couple of different ways, Your Honor. Okay. First, when when the board or Nina says Kronzner can be used with any t-shirt, that misses the mark because all they're saying is it's a light it's a light fabric uh, transfer, an iron-on and you can put it on dark fabric. You just may not be able to see the, the design. The that That's the problem. The problem. And then, but in terms of when Kronzer... And, and, and using a white layer was a way to deal with the problem. Yep, and using and the white layer was the way to... OS chose to deal with it in one way, right? Yep. Which in the way in which they did it was um, with the cross-link polymer, right? And but the effect of that cross-link polymer is critical here, which is everybody agrees what that did was it caused a white layer. In other words, that canvas that was stiff, it didn't interact or it didn't mix and melt with the other layers. The effect of that discovery on the patentee's part when she discovered that was it allowed the T-shirt to move with the shirt. And so there is no discussion in Nina or the board to suggest why someone would be looking at those pieces and saying, you know what the problem is? It is, it's not soft enough and I'm going to try to solve for that. All it says, all they were saying is, I want to add a white layer and the only piece of prior art and the only approach in the prior art was that stiff cross-link polymer. And so the only solution that's there is the cross-linked polymer white layer being put onto Kronzek. Are you, you agree that Kronzek is analogous art? Kronzer is analogous art, Your Honor, but it's... So, so I'm, I'm getting, I mean, I, I've read WPIP and I've read Yeda, and I'm not, I mean, you're, you're holding those cases are out as if we've got this legal test here about picking lead arguments. I'm aware of analogous art. I'm aware in the chemistry field we sometimes deal with lead compounds. But this seems like a, an odd argument to me. It, it, and it, it respectfully, Your Honor, I don't think it's not an odd argument. Let me let me phrase it slightly differently. The reason we're bringing that out, and the reason it was brought out in WPIP and in Yetta is when you have a sea of prior art, and it's a very specific problem that we're dealing with here, which is, hey, how do you put a white layer into a, into a shirt and have it be able to move with the shirt? The prior art hasn't addressed this problem at all. And all you have is prior art that's out there, which is already out there, which is you can do some things for light t-shirts. No canvas in there, no background. And the claims require something where you have a, a layer that is actually providing the background for the image. So are you saying there was, you win because there was no lead reference that you could have ever used? I'm saying you Even couldn't use... you have, I mean, I thought the test was, is this analogous art? Can we look at it? it are you are you saying that you, if you don't have a, a lead reference, you can't find obviousness? 
No, I'm not, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying in this context, and I think it's what the cases are saying, WPIB kind of says it, there's always a sea of prior art that could all be analogous art. But there are times when there's a reason to look at why are you picking the lead reference? And that's a question that's been raised here. And so when you have... What are the consequences? So the consequence is, if you don't have a reason to pick the prior, the lead reference, except because of the claims as a roadmap, that's improper. And that's where I'm going, is the only reason they pick Kronzer, they don't have... I think, if I'm not mistaken, the rationale they said the things about Kronzer was that it does permit the insertion of the pigment in the layer, right? Actually, what it says is it can use pigments, but there's no examples in Kronzer for pigment. I understand that, but just the use of the pigment and also the fact that Kronzer doesn't limit itself to printing on white. And so one of ordinary skill in the art is free to consider how to improve Kronzer. Doesn't the law say if one of ordinary skill in the art looks at a reference and says, hmm, this is very helpful in the art, i.e. having a white layer, boys, so they know that. They look at the other art and they say, hmm, could I improve with that knowledge? Could I improve other prior art? Would one of ordinary skill in the art be motivated to do that? Yes, that's part of the law, KSR, but you'd still need a little reason to get into Kronzer. And the reasons for getting into Kronzer is Kronzer says, hmm, you can have pigments in layers and you can try it on a black shirt. So then the question is, is there substantial evidence to support the board's conclusion, factual conclusion, that there were these two hooks, if not others, in Kronzer that said this is why we're going to try to improve Kronzer in the light of what we learned from Moss. And so... So what's... So the first part I think I've addressed, but just to be clear, the main reason no one on that side has ever suggested why they started with Kronzer. And because Kronzer really doesn't solve this problem. When they did start with something that does solve this problem, which is a unique problem of dealing with having a canvas, the white layer, the only solution they had out there was the hard plastic, the cross-linked polymer. And there's absolutely no evidence... The artisan knew that Oz, although it had genius solved the printing on the dark fabric, it created this stiffness, right? And that's a disadvantage. So one of skill in the art would be inclined, would she not, to want to find a solution to the stiffness. But there was no solution out there other than... So Kronzer teaches a very specific solution, which is stiffness, which is this cross-linked reaction. And the patent office already found that if you tried to just take that solution and put it into OAS, that doesn't render the claims unpatentable. So the question becomes, why are they able to just pick the pigment out? And you even said there's pigment already disclosed in Kronzer, but why are they able to pick pigment out and then start to experiment with all of Kronzer? And there's a lot of evidence, including their own, that says that that would be unpredictable. Your case law says it's unpredictable art. That gets us into the merits of the combination. And that's part of it is they don't have substantial evidence. For me, sir, when I look at... To me, your lead argument based on the lead reference is it's combined, it's mixed up with your arguments on the merits as to why there's no motivation to combine with a reasonable expectation of success. 
Yeah. Yes. And so if I, if I, in, in my mind, just to tell you fairly how I dealt with your situation was, seeing your lead argument is sort of odd because there is no clear statement in the two cases you cite for the rule of law you'd like, because those cases are referring to proceedings before the patent office and examination, and those the body of law that build on this comes from uh, examiner's rejections, challenge to the board, the board then entering an alternative, you know, A over B, and then, then the board said, no, it was B over A, and the question was, is that a new ground for rejection? No, and Judge Rich even said in one case it's frivolous to try to make this distinction. So that's where all that case law comes from. But, I, I but think my, my point is, once I've read, read and looked at the question of motivation to combine with expectation of success, if I'm going to affirm the board on all of those data points on substantial evidence, then I look at your lead reference argument and it doesn't seem to have any bite because the re reasons why um, Kranzler was important here was because it opened the door to being improved by a white layer. And, and the only thing I'd push back on, Your Honor, and, and respectfully, is it's the only reason everybody knows to now look at Kranz, uh, Kranz, uh, Kranzler and say, hey, it can be used for this, is looking at Jody's patent. Otherwise, there is no reason to start right, but with... Jody didn't come up with the idea of white. The, the but Jody did come up with the idea of coming up with a new white layer that would work in a t-shirt, and that had never been done before. And the only way people had done a white layer before that was that very specific reaction. And so one skill in the art, there is no basis for... If someone all of a sudden had these in front of them to say, hey, let me take the white layer, but no, not the entire white layer, that's the prior art solution. I'll just take the pigment out and start experimenting there is no basis in the record for saying why one of skill would do that with any reasonable expectation of success. Okay, um, you're well into the end. May it please the court. Just to start with the lead reference. It, it, it is an argument that wasn't raised below. Do you also agree, just to kind of level sure. set, with the, it's the same question that Judge Clevenger asked the other side, that if we were to affirm on this appeal or render the other two appeals are going to get argued moot? Yes. Okay. Yeah, sure. So it, it, it is definitely a new argument that wasn't raised below. We, you know, the, the lead reference, and I think they admit that they, in a footnote in their paper, they say that they, they didn't make this specific argument I'm sorry? Oh, in their reply brief at 6, the gray book, at footnote 2, they said they didn't make this specific argument about the lead reference. They made a different argument, which is Kronzer should be used at all. And Your Honor correctly pointed out that that argument's more akin to a non-analogous argument, which the board found. The board found Kronzer analogous at appendix... And they haven't challenged that. And that's appendix 166. So... The way we look at this, and, and the but cases they there was a discussion, at least on the oral argument in front of Judge Agenbrand leading that discussion, yeah. as to whether or not are you using, was your side using the claims as a roadmap? Uh, 
and that was and that was pointing to the fact that you know why are you why 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 do you you already have motors? Yeah, you're, you're it makes no sense to go to to Kronstadt. So that's that's correct. If it was raised at all. Right, it wasn't raised in the papers. Okay. WBIP was never raised in their papers, and if it was raised at all, it was raised at oral argument. Okay. And the federal circuit in the Dell case said that that was that's not permitted. You're not allowed to raise a new argument, especially for an IPR proceeding, during the oral argument. It has to be based on the arguments and the evidence presented during the IPR process, the papers and the testimony. So, even if it, it is addressed, there's definitely that exchange, but that would be inappropriate for preserving it for appeal. And to then to criticize the board, to say where's their discussion about this lead reference, to us, right, is it's a little unusual okay. because it wasn't raised. And, and if when we look at the issues they say they did raise, the board did address those issues, the at all argument. They addressed it at Appendix 174 through 175. So from our perspective, it's either those two arguments are the same and the board did address it, and we are under a substantial evidence standard, or the new lead reference argument is truly new, wasn't preserved, and therefore we. The well, what about the lead argument? I'm sorry? What about the lead argument, lead reference argument? Yeah, we, we don't believe it's required, Your Honor. And, and to be honest, the board's findings, just in going through its obvious analysis, makes did abundantly you, clear. Did you, did you trace back the history of how WIP and the others together got to where they got to the dicta in those cases? Yeah, to us, WBIP is a case where the Federal Circuit was faced with a jury verdict. And they didn't, the, right, a jury well, verdict. There's a notion that, there, that, that you might have to defend picking one reference as opposed to another for a lead analysis. That, the, the notion, do you agree with me that that comes from old, older cases from primarily CCPA and others that were dealing with the saying a reference is obvious A over B as opposed to B over A in the patent office? That's my, our understanding, Your Honor. But in, even in, I think, the Moutet case, this court recently said that it's not about labels. It's really about what does the combined references teach. And in that instance, when we're talking about what they teach, the labels are less relevant because here, everyone agrees, the parties agree that both Kronzer and Oez teach each and every limitation of the claims. And so the labels are less important, but the most important focus in obviousness analysis is what does the combined teachings of the two references? And so since here, that is the case, and the board went through that analysis. And they did find, you know, they, I mean, they, this is a situation where Kronzer discloses every limitation other than the pigment. So, I mean, it's a natural, you know, as lead references go, it's, it's a natural because it has everything that the claim requires but the white pigment. And it itself invites one of ordinary skill in the art to add pigments. And Oez comes in and says, well, here's our improvement on image transfer sheets. You add a white pigment in, and that'll increase the brilliance of the image transfer. And so, you know, I think what their argument really boils down to, or their complaint, is that Kronzer doesn't address the problem that the patent and suit addresses. And that's just, the law doesn't require that. I mean, I think this court just recently in Enri Guttavi in May of 2023 stated that there is simply no requirement that the board rely on references that recognize the problem identified in the asserted patent. And that's at 2023 WL347, 
7285. It's not in our brief just because it was issued after the briefing was done. But the concept is in the law in In re Bidi back in Federal Circuit 92. And the board's decision itself addresses this at Appendix 174 when it says Cronjer need not solve, much less acknowledge the specific problem of dark image transfer. So whether it's waived or not, we believe this argument is incorrect as a matter of law, the argument they're making. And we think it's incorrect because the board's findings amply demonstrate exactly why Cronjer would be a good reference. Even addressing your point, the patent owner cited 18 Cronjer patents. He's well known in this industry. So he's a logical starting point for any image transfer. Moving on to the other argument they addressed, kind of why would you pick out just the white pigment? And I think the short answer is that's what OIS teaches. OIS expressly teaches that if you want to make an improvement to an image transfer sheet that's similar in structure, which the board found that Cronjer's and OIS's were similar, you add this white pigment, it gives additional brilliance, especially on dark textiles, especially in dark fabric. So it's saying here's an improvement to an image transfer sheet, and the way you do it is the white pigment. And so the answer is the express teachings of OIS gives you an improvement, an improvement that Cronjer invites into his image transfer sheet. And so to us, when we look at this, we have express teachings. This is not an issue of hindsight. When the teachings and the motivation come from the express teachings of the prior art, that's not consideration. Hindsight is when you don't have the motivation. Here we have express teachings explaining why one learning skill in the art would be inclined to combine the two. And when the express teachings are simply we know that white is useful, even though cross-linked white is problematic. So you raise a great point, Your Honor. I mean, the real thing here is... And then the points that Cronjer says, well, you can have pigments, and there's no limitation to what you're printing on. Right. And the board addressed this in saying that... Are there any other data points in Cronjer? You say express teachings. So other than teaching that you can have a pigment, and the fact that Cronjer isn't restricting itself to what color material it prints on, any other teachings in Cronjer? I just think it's... I think those are the main teachings in Cronjer. And I do think that... Well, you really need to find some teachings in Cronjer to help you to undermine the allegation that there's road mapping here. Okay. The other teaching would be that it has a common goal with OS. They share the common goal of increasing the quality of the image transfer. So if one of our new skill in the art is sitting with two references, they have similar structures, and they both have the goal of transferring image quality, and one says, oh, by the way, I have an additional improvement. I have a way of improving image quality, something that Cronjer is already interested in and trying to do. Right? Then you put in what that improvement is, add white pigment. Right? And the cross-linking... OS has already got there in terms of the black, 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 brown problem. Right. It's really dark image, dark text. But cross-linking, and this is, I think, something that the board made very clear in its findings, cross-linking and white pigment have nothing to do with each other. 
White pigment plays no role in cross-linking the white layer. So I think this is a situation where it's very clear, and, and we, I can go through this, where the board goes through its analysis, that the cross-linking is independent of the white pigment. The teachings that what one of learning skill in the understand is the white pigment that gives you the whiteness. That's what's giving you the contrast. That's what's giving you the improvement and brilliance of the image transfer. The cross-linking is just, that's a reaction that in OS's embodiments, they believed was a, a part of their invention. But it doesn't change what it teaches one of learning skill in the art. What it teaches one of learning skill in the art, and the board made this incredibly clear, is that it's the white pigment. And the board goes through this. You know, they said that there's no... Pat owner didn't point them to anything that said that crow, um, white pigment was required for cross-linking Kronzer. The board did their own review. I believe it's at Appendix 175. Well, we where they said, we looked board, at OS itself. We have four board opinions, right? What? We have four Correct. board opinions. Well, I think we've been working off the 475 patent one, so that's the appendix numbers that I've been reciting. So in 175, the board says that we do our independent review of OS, and, and we don't find anything where it says white pigment equals that. Both experts agree. Their expert agrees. The white pigment is independent of the cross-linking. So yes, there's a difference between OS and Schweinemann's patents, this cross-linking, but it's a difference that's irrelevant to the teaching that the white pigment is the solution to the issue of trying to increase the image quality when you're transferring an image onto a dark fabric. And, and to the extent you know, there's time or questions, I'm more than happy to answer. Thank you. Thank you. We'll restore three minutes of rebuttal. Your Honor, let me address two or three points that he made. Um, one is, Oyez does not just teach the white pigment. What Oyez teaches, and the record is very clear, it's literally undisputed, they teach a very specific reaction for using it, which is a cross-linking reaction. And so that is what is taught to one skilled in the art. There is absolutely nothing in the record that says why a person of skilled in the art would just take the white pigment out and start to experiment when the only solution out there for providing a white background, as the claims require, is this very specific reaction. There is no white canvas, white layer in Kronzer. The only solution out there for a white layer, for white background, is that cross-linked reaction. But everybody knew in the prior art what the white was for. Well, because in the olden days, you took the t-shirt and then you took the white and you put it down, stuck it on, and then you put the picture on the white. Yep, and so you know what the white is for, and you know that if you tried to incorporate it into one a one-piece T-shirt thing, sure. that you'd have it as a hard piece of plastic. What no one solved in the prior art was how to make that softer. And what they're suggesting is, I would just take the the white pigment out, which everybody knew white pigment existed, and had never done, and all of a sudden just start experimenting with the formulas in Kronzer. And that's simply, even if you read Kronzer, you can see the number of failures, and there's not a single experiment in Kronzer where they even use a pigment. And it's just failures galore, and it's in our brief. But the main point is, if you had that solution, there's nothing in this record. Their expert, our expert, no one has ever explained why you the only solution you have off the shelf is that specific cross-linked reaction, 
yet you take one ingredient out and then you start to experiment with the formulas in Kronzer. And that's why there's not substantial evidence for the obviousness finding that the board came up with for all these patents. Thank you. Thank you. We thank both sides. The case is submitted.